Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, it's a welcome mi- to your mini. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes, yeah, switch we it up. We've done a few things in a row now. Okay. Well, I have a few sad to serious stories. I will get those out of the way. The big breaking news today is that Betty White died at the age of ninety nine. I mean, it's absolutely uh, not unexpected, but right. it was one of those people. Every time they trended, it was like. Did she die? And it's like, don't make Betty White trend unless, you know what I mean? Because people always thought that she was dead when she was trending. Right. And then they could use that Denzel Washington gif. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't even, what is that from even? Do you know? I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, she's 99 years old. She's coming up on her 100th birthday. Like, if anything, the crazy part of this story is this past week has been a huge push uh, media-wise, about her 100th birthday party celebration in mid-January. Right. Uh, she had a huge People magazine cover, and it was lit- it's literally Betty White turns 100, right. uh, assuming that that would happen, and it didn't happen. Right. Uh, she obviously is 99, but there was no health issues or, or um, anything like that that she's been suffering from recently, like not even a cold. Uh, so yeah, I mean, she had a very long and successful life. She seemed to be pretty lucid and in great health up until the end. That you can't ask more, for more than that. And I don't think there is a celebrity more universally beloved than her. Probably. I mean, there's no, there's nothing coming out about Betty White that Every, we're going to be uh, like, what? <laughs> I mean, even people who aren't like stands, they like her, right? I mean, I think the thing about Betty White is that she is a star for many generations. Yeah. So you have people who know her from Mary Tyler Moore, people who know her from Golden Girls, uh, people who know her from comedy uh, movies from the 90s and 2000s because she was always there as the kind of funny grandma type who right. would be sassy. She was also in, I think, 30 Rock. Yeah. She had like a big uh, funny bit there with Tracy Morgan. Um, so yeah, uh, Rip Betty White. She had a great career, and um, she's funny. I love her Rose Nyland. Yeah. I mean, that's the best character. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the best golden girl, you think? I mean, they all had their appeal. Yeah. I don't... I would say I wasn't like her, but I found that character to be very funny. Yes. Because she's so deadpan. uh, And I saw a clip today of her telling a story that supposedly she improvised, and the other two actresses, B. Arthur and Rue McClanahan, were um, like breaking, but right. they kept it in the scene. Right. And it's like she just didn't break. Like she is like this pro who could do this stuff and just completely keep character. So I, I did I did think that was a funny character, even though you might think I like Rue McClanahan's character because she's like the Samantha right. of <laughs> that group. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I liked B. Arthur too. They're all funny. Like yeah. I feel like everyone on that show was just like, Great, yes, uh, and perfect. But I, d- I did like her character because she definitely had like a cute grandma vibe, and she did the innocent thing, mm-hmm. which is also very appealing. 
uh, as well. Now, the other story that's, I mean, I guess it's good news, but it's just a terrible story all around. Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty of helping Jeffrey Epstein sexually abuse girls. This trial has been happening for a while. You might know her as Ghislaine, because uh, that's how we've said it in the past. But now that everyone says it that way, we've stopped. Yeah. Um, so she was found guilty last Wednesday of facilitating this abuse of underage girls uh, at the hand of her bud and ex-lover, bud. I guess. Like, I don't know what the fuck their relationship is. It's sick. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the jury deliberated for five days before finding her guilty on five of six counts, um, including sex trafficking of a minor. She is 60 years old. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's going to go to prison for the rest of her life, probably. Jeffrey died in 2019. He was a convicted sex offender at the time, and he, he supposedly uh, killed himself. We don't know. There's mystery. <laughs> I mean, talk about your conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's got a lot of theories. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll cover this story at some point because it, it's definitely a four-parter. <laughs> so whoever takes that on. I mean, but that would be our Ghislaine story because we've already done a Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, right, right, right. But there might be more information now or there could be more information coming out. Like who the fuck knows right? Um, if, we, she's, if she spills. I'm just wondering, did we talk, how much did we talk about Ghislaine? I don't think we talked much about her because I don't think we knew much about her at that time. Yeah. She was kind of like still around in the background. Um, I just think more information has come out even in a few short years since we did that episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, a Ghislaine or a follow-up episode. Um, okay. So, I mean, that's good news. I'm glad she got convicted. And I hope, I really hope we get more information. <sighs> like, give us your books, lady. Right. Come on. I'd she be willing sucks. to let her have 10 less years if she gave us all the truth. And what about Prince Andrew? What about Prince Andrew? When is he going to get fucked? That's what I want to know. Yeah. This guy, come on. Uh, so this other story, um, an Alexa told a t- 10-year-old girl to touch a live plug with a penny. Where's Did you this? hear about this? Where no. So Amazon has a voice assistant called Alexa and Amazon has had to update its Alexa voice assistant after it challenged a 10-year-old girl to touch a coin to the prong of a half-inserted plug. What? What? <laughs> Sorry, I know it sounds funny. So <laughs> this was a real error that Amazon had to uh fix. This This Alexa told the girl that they had a challenge for her to do. They told her to plug in a phone charger halfway into the wall, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. Uh, And I guess that was her challenge. This is uh, a lot of instructions. Yes. Why couldn't they just say to stick a fork in there? (laughs) Yeah. Why do you have to go that far? I guess they thought they couldn't trick her unless it seemed innocent. The mother, Kristen Livedahl, described the incident on Twitter. She said, we were doing some physical challenges like laying down, rolling over, holding a shoe on your foot. I guess you can have Alexa give you challenges. It's like, I mean, no offense, but get a life. I'm just kidding. Like, why are you doing challenges from your Alexa? Wait a minute. Okay. Just to back up, this girl is 10? Yes, with her mom, they're doing this. Okay, I guess it's through a YouTube thing. Um, So there was bad weather outside, so she's like playing with the Alexa to give her challenges. The Echo speaker suggested partaking in the challenge that it had found on the web. 
Oh, no. So the activity, I mean, it could have been worse. (laughs) (laughs) The activity was known as the penny challenge. So maybe Alexa just was randomly searching for things and saw this penny challenge on TikTok. Uh, Obviously, we know you don't want to put metal on electricity. You can get shocked. Uh, People have lost fingers, hands, and arms, according to this uh, person who works at the fire station. Um, The outcome from this could be someone gets seriously hurt. Um, Miss, luckily her mom was there and she yelled, no, Alexa, no. <laughs> but she said her daughter was probably too smart to do something like that. Even if she wasn't there, probably, I like the probably, oh. um, so yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's sort of, that's sort of, uh, hitting on people's fears that these devices are a little sentient. Right. Um, but it sounds like it could be, um, it could just be a simple mistake that they have to put in a safety feature for, right? Like, like don't do every challenge from YouTube, right? Just do these like simple, like touch your nose to your whatever, like yeah. head. And um, okay, someone sent us this uh, story. It says thieves make off with two truckloads of butter. It's a butter thief. Where's this from? This is from um, Ontario. Ontario. This is a Canadian, Canadian story? story. Yeah. This is from the cbc.ca. Two transport trucks full of butter were stolen from a trucking facility on Christmas Day. Four suspects broke into the facility around 11 p.m. after being dropped off in a black SUV. After entering the facility, they stole two transport trucks, two trailers full of 20,000 kilos of butter worth about $200,000 each. I have a question. What? What do you do after you steal all that butter? Like, what, what's the plan? Yeah, where do you sell it? Would it melt? Do you want to buy some butter? Hey, you got some butter. You put, open your coat. You got some logs. Like, what do you... <laughs> I understand, like, stealing, like, trucks full of cash or, like... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would love to steal some butter, but not that much. <laughs> Is it expensive butter? It's too much. It's too much butter. I mean, they must have a plan for it. That's what I'm saying. What was their plan? Yeah. Maybe so, they didn't know it was butter. But here's the interesting thing. They located the trucks, but the butter was gone. Where's the butter? <laughs> Where do you take all that butter? Where'd they put it? I have no idea. But if you guys have any information, please contact the Canadian, the OPP down. You know me. I don't know what the OPP is. Wait, except that's for the Canadian? Song. No, contact, contact us. the OPP. Contact us. I want to know what happened to the butter. Uh, yeah. So I have no idea. I think that's funny. And I have... Someone's making a lot of croissants this Christmas or this holiday season. Okay. Now I got two cat stories for you and then we'll take a break. This is about a Grinch cat that finally got a forever home this Christmas. This Grinch cat requires princess level level pampering, no kids, and will yell at you if her demands aren't met. Now, (laughs) this is an... Adorable, fluffy, white Persian cat in Kansas City, Missouri. And all they wanted for New Year's was to have a new family. And they got just that. This cat was at a place called Whiskers Cat Cafe in Kansas City. I want to go there. And they dubbed this cat the Grinch because she was a princess who had a lot of demands and was not afraid to say them loudly. Uh, In their post for her, they said, under no circumstances does she wish to meet or live with another animal. It's absurd that you would even ask. (laughs) Don't come to us with stories about your ancient cat-loving chihuahua. She will murder you and your entire family (laughs) if you get near her with that dog. Now, uh, this precious princess um, 
is very cute. It is a classic white Persian cat that's very fluffy and beautiful. I would love <gasps> to spoil this Grinch. Oh. I mean, you know, Persian cats sort of naturally have a little bit of a grumpy looking face. Wait, that cat is beautiful. Isn't that nice? Look, if you can get a... That's the way to go. I mean, get a free Persian. Those things are expensive. Holy shit. Uh, so, so yeah. So they're just giving that cat away? That's from a rescue. This cat must be a bitch. I mean, she probably just got abandoned, right? Yeah. So sometimes you can take cats like, look how cute she is. Aww. I mean, this is the kind of cat you put up with bitchy behavior from. Right. She's super cute, very grumpy. Oh, look at her smiling. <gasps> I love when they capture a picture where their mouths are open. Me too. Um, so yay, I'm happy this Grinch got um, adopted. Now, another great cat story I saw, Simba the cat returned to owners 10 years after he disappeared. Uh, this is a huge, fat, orange cat. <laughs> His name is Simba. This is an Australian story. This is an story. Australian story. ABC, Australia, whatever. A Queensland <laughs> family have had a massive surprise after being unexpectedly reunited with their cat, Simba, who disappeared a decade ago. Caitlin Thrupp and her partner, Sean, were living in Maroomba Downs, north of Brisbane, when their two-year-old Simba escaped through a wire door. We went looking for him, put flowers out, etc. Flowers? Flyers. We paid for them to help us try to find him. We went door knocking. She never gave up hope, but they did move away from Maroomba Downs to Narangba, about 15 minutes away. I'm sure I said that we're correctly. We're going to get emails. Look. Uh, on my way home, I would divert through Marumba Downs just on the off chance I would see him running. That's so Aww. sad. She said the couple kept their details up to date on his microchip records, etc. We honestly thought that something happened to him and we were never going to see him again. So because this cat was microchipped, they were able to really confirm. Yes. Now, last week, out of the blue, the couple received a phone call from RSPCA's uh, Dacobin branch and they said... They were asked, are you guys missing a large orange cat? <gasps> Simba had been picked up as a stray and his microchip scan confirmed it was Thrupp's long gone friend. While there was little detail about where Simba has been for the past decade, he was definitely the same cat. The shock couple took him home, a very different home from where he left 10 years ago. He now shares his home with a new baby, a dog, and two other cats. We used to do a little thing where we'd put our hands up in an arch so he'd come over and do a little head bump against us. We did that when he came home and he came straight over and did it again. So we <gasps> thought, oh, he remembers us. Oh, <laughs> it's so, oh. so sweet. Um, so obviously there are huge, you know, advocates for microchipping. Everyone should get their cats or animals microchipped because uh, it can help. Like yeah. you never know. This is such a sweet story and they're very happy he can live out his days peacefully in his family's home. Can I see a picture of Simba? Um, I only have that one. Let me see it again. Okay. He's he's a really big boy. So he's, he's been a, doing well if he's on the street. He's a big boy. That's a big orange cat. What a great story. Very sweet story. Uh, 10 years. Dude, I would have so many questions. I would too. But where, <laughs> where did you go? So where, where have you been? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a long time. But uh, yeah, I'm happy. So let's take a break and then we'll come back. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. And we're back. Okay, I have two shout outs. The first one is uh, from Kyle. We got an email. He purchased his boyfriend a Patreon membership for Christmas. That's a great gift. What a, it's like, it's a little stocking stuffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, lo- he said his boyfriend loves the show and always listens to new episodes as soon as they drop. His name is Trey. He put his name on the account. So he, we would read his name with shout outs game. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's very thoughtful. And he wanted us to wish him a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I got this email after we had recorded our holiday episodes. Right. So I said we would give Trey a Happy New Year. Happy Shout New out. Year. So yeah, I, I like that he's like, could it be on the main episode or a bonus episode is fine because he has a Patreon membership, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but we're going to give it on a mini episode. Yeah. Sort of in between. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Kyle. Uh, Kyle says that he loves listening to the show too, and he likes to, to listen to it on his long car rides. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Trey. You have a very nice boyfriend and Kyle, he put your name so you can get the shout out. (laughs) I like that. That's really sweet. Uh, and I hope you guys have a happy new year. Uh, I hope all of us do, whatever that means. Um, (laughs) uh, the next birthday shout out. Is for Crystal. We've gotten emails from Crystal before. I love Crystal. Uh, she is a cat lady as yes. well. I think we've seen pictures of her cat and she sent us more pictures of her cat. Her birthday is January 2nd. So that's coming right up. Crystal, a fellow Capricorn. Uh, she also has a son whose birthday is on the 4th. His name is Ellis. Uh, she said, yes, I was in labor on my 23rd birthday. Two day- so damn, Ellis. She's like, yes, we talked... We- she wrote us a very funny email that I'm not going to read online just in case because it has uh, some personal information, but it's it's very funny. Did you read her email? It's not, well, yes, I, the email was very funny. And the cat pictures, first of all, this is... <laughs> This is a. These are some very sweet pictures that she sent us of her and her son. 
Yes. There's throughout a, the years. Throughout the years. And then there's a very cute picture of what I'm guessing is her son. He has a hoodie partially over his face because he's taking a nap. And the cat. Oh, yeah. The cat is taking a chest. nap, too. <laughs> Look, this cat, I want to. Ta- I would love to take a nap with this cat. It's a very, very cute, big very boy. Cute boy. Or no, girl. it's a girl. It's, it's a girl. girl. It's Miss Miyuki. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. We've seen her before, I think. Yes. Yeah. These are very cute pr- pictures. Thank you, Crystal. And happy birthday. Happy birthday. I hope you guys get some food. And obviously, you know what to do. Let us know what you ate. Let us know. You get that, that joint birthday dinner going yeah like make it make it count make it count <laughs> uh uh thank you crystal she's she i feel like she's been a listener for a while i think so. i love her yeah um okay great so um watch listen you mentioned you started true blood finally i said i talked about on patreon uh that i started true blood a few weeks ago with brendan and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're enjoying it. He he does a really good impression of the main vampire guy, Bill. Oh, yeah. So that's like one of the worst <laughs> accents ever. Sookie. <laughs> that's what he says. Because he's, he's British, I think, the actor he, who plays I, him. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew. But you know what? I will say the Brits... The Brits are very good actors in general. The like, yeah, I I think they're that, famously good actors. The Brits, <laughs> a, lo- a lot of the Brits, these are classically trained, and I will say that the Brits are better at doing American accents than we are at doing British accents. Oh, totally. I mean, come on. But you can. We're just sometimes we can tell sometimes when it's slightly off because Bill, I will say, he he's off sometimes. And I noticed it. It doesn't matter. I don't really care, I don't really especially care on a show either. like that. But it was. It is weird to hear because they usually are flawless. Yes. And he not only does he have to do an American accent, he has to do a Southern accent, which is another Dialect. you know another le- like or, a level yeah. of voice like uh, accent to do. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of accents going on in that show. I think one. I think another flawless Brit doing an American accent is Hugh Laurie, probably. Oh, and he had to do it for a long show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess you get good at it, but he kept, no, that's one of the best American accents I've ever oh, heard. Yeah. And it's flawless. It's flawless. And he, he does it. I, I, well, we know I'm like, we're both love house. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I love, I would marry Gregory house oh if my he God. was real. Yeah. Like I fucking love We love him. him. He's an asshole. I would love for him to be mean to me. <laughs> It would be so great. But no, his accent is is perfect. Yeah. Uh, I think also Kate Winslet is great in oh. Mare. Like that was a great accent. She I did. mean, there's a lot of examples, but yeah. Hugh Laurie, because I don't even think I knew who he was when House started, or I may not have put it together if I had seen him in something. Yeah, I was He seems American. Way. I thought he was American too. And then I was like, oh, wait. He's I, the guy from, like, I know hey, he was on one of those famous comedies. Uh, comedy, comedy. Yeah, British comedy whatever. shows. He was a com- comedian. Like Black Adder or something. <laughs> don't at me. Like, I just, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have them all on DVD or something. I, I just don't. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but the, yeah, the Brits in general, I will say, you guys kick our asses in terms of our accent, doing our totally. accents versus versus us. Um, look, we love him. We love Keanu Reeves. But we we all remember <laughs> Dracula. Okay, we all do. We all remember. Dracula. And I just saw Ben Affleck try to do it. 
and you know and the who, last duel. <laughs> you know who else? Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Oh wow! One of the classic examples of of American actors. <laughs> well, you know, or Mary Poppins. <laughs> that's her, how, to her. be honest. That's how I'd probably sound. <laughs> oh. I bet you we've done Dick Van Dyke equivalent oh, accents trying to imitate like a killer, but we don't really care if we make them sound cool. <laughs> our our accents. Me and Desi's level of accents come from the Dick Van Dyke and Keanu Reeves school. And you know what? It's fine because we're a comedy podcast. (laughs) It doesn't matter if we're good, as long as people laugh. Yeah. Uh, um, (laughs) I'm trying to think if I watch anything. I don't know. This... This past week and a half have just been a whirlwind. Yeah. So much is going on. There's lots of cooking, Christmas, traveling. I had to drive somewhere, so it was not unsafe travel, uh, but still stressful. Um, and then I did watch all of the Matrix movies. That was my big thing. Mm, I only watched the new one. Uh, well, I decided to watch it, and this is the level of my haterade. Uh, I was like, I can't judge who's the idiot about the new Matrix until I watch them all and see for myself who's right. the stupid, who's wrong. Right. So, I, I mean, if you're going to go off on me for being a hater, at least now I put work into it. <laughs> <laughs> I put some work into this. I don't just go in blindly. Sometimes I do. Right. <laughs> On. <laughs> Sometimes I do, but you know, this one I took I took seriously. I considered rewatching the first three, but then I realized I could barely get through the sequels the first time around. Yes, I had never seen them before, and I had only seen the first one in a very um, unpleasant situation mm. with a nerd who kept like correcting everything. And I was just like, I fucking hate the matrix and every nerd. <laughs> like that's how bad it was. Cause yeah. like, it was like a Neil deGrasse Tyson person. Ugh. Like that's not technically, I was like, it's the, it's fucking made up. <laughs> <laughs> that's my feeling on it. Right. Even though the internet technically exists. Like I was like, who cares? Like, right. I don't it's care. Sci-fi. They it's... just have to keep it consistent, whatever they make up. Right. 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 So I rewatched the first one. And I was like, that's a really good movie. I liked the first matrix uh, without that person. I watched the second one. I was like, that's fine. And then the third one's like, it's kind of a mess at this point. Uh, but all of them were watchable. They're yeah. not like super long or anything like that. Uh, there's a lot of action sequences. Um, uh, so then I watched the third one. I'm sorry, the fourth one. It's also kind of a mess. But I will say an enjoyable mess. You know how a movie can kind of be a mess? And you're like, I still liked it. They're trying shit out. Yeah. And it just didn't work maybe or whatever. Or, or things are a little uh, messy. The one thing I will say that I, I finally bought was the love between Trinity mm. and Neo. That was I f- never bought it. Okay. I was like, it was like an arranged marriage. And I was right. like, I don't get why they like each other until this movie. That was my favorite part. Even though I, ha- look, I'm going to be honest. I had no idea what was going on for most of Matrix Resurrections just because I'm yeah. not a, a Matrix head. Right. I I've watched I barely remember anything that happened in the first 3 and even when I watched them I still had a hard time figuring out what was going on. It's a, it's hard to figure out sometimes. But I really my favorite part about that besides the cat was <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves's chemistry in it. And I thought yeah. that I really bought their relationship and I also bought um I just felt like both of them were happy to be there. Yes. I, I felt like some of my problems with those movies is I'm supposed to buy this incredible love between them. And I honestly, look, 
I'm a Keanu stan. I fucking love him. Yeah. I think part of it is that he's a better actor now than he was in the first Matrix. And I, I don't know if he's a better actor, but maybe he just has more gravitas and there's like a little more soulful element to him where I believed it more because I don't, I don't know that it's Carrie Ann's fault. Um, so I think that maybe that was it, that I just bought that there was like a real chemistry there. And maybe they're, them being older also kind of made it seem there was like more history like she had this whole new family yeah. and like it just seemed more, uh, but I liked, I liked that element. And I got to say, Carrie Ann Moss still smoking hot. Like she just looked amazing. Also, I'm sorry. I miss uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus. No, yeah. like no slight to the, the actor who plays him in this movie. Yeah. It's just was not the vibe I want. I missed that old Morpheus. Yeah. And they also replaced my other favorite actor from the original <laughs> agent Smith who was played by Hugo Weaving. It was just like a great, creepy uh, performance. I think the actor who replaced him, what's his name? Jonathan Groff. He did a good job. Yeah. Like he really did. Um, but it was like, oh, what, what happened? Like right. it, I was like, was there contract negotiations? Like I hate that we always know this stuff now. Right. Like what happened with Lawrence Fishburne? Did they not give him enough money? Uh, so it's like always something you're thinking when the actors get replaced. Yeah. But yeah, I know they made it work for what it was and the actors who replaced them were good. This is just me being like, oh, sentimental. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was sort of my big view, big viewing. I did also start watching True Blood because I wanted to make sure I gave a good recommendation. You know how you panic <laughs> yes. when you're like, okay, wait, is that still good? Because I haven't <laughs> seen it in 10 years or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, I remember liking it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that. I haven't, I don't have anything new. Uh someone gave me a recommendation and I can't remember what it, it's like set on a sub. It's like a UK show and it's like a murder mystery set on a sub. I recommended that to you. Someone else recommended it to me too. It wasn't on a submarine. It was in, in Antarctica. What's it called? Head. Okay. No, it's not the same show. <laughs> I, was like, I was like waiting for you to say the name. I don't know why I conflated submarine Head. with <laughs> Yeah. You like completely changed what I said. <laughs> it's not even the same. <laughs> not even the same at all why did i say that i know i, I was really scared i was like really because i don't remember you Wait a doing minute. it i i'm pretty sure this was a british show maybe because you look there's a lot of british i know there's a lot of british it's shows. called vigil i think oh isn't andy watching that oh maybe yeah yeah then that's right yeah because look it's a sub because look there's the little circles <laughs> you know what that means telescope <laughs> <laughs> right, because they have the little circles with the radar periscope. or whatever. Periscope. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to get emails. Look, between the two of us, we we'll get it right. Because you know my dumb lingo and you translate for me. <laughs> and vice versa sometimes. <laughs> I know what your dumb brain is thinking when you're like searching for something. <laughs> exactly. We're our best translators. Between the, two of us, between the two of us, we have an entire brain. Absolutely. We have it, we have it covered. Brain. <laughs> That's why we only can do shows together. Yeah, exactly. No one else can fill in our blanks. Oh, God, it would be a disaster. Imagine the uh, guilt I would feel <laughs> for some smart person if, filling in the blanks. Like, at least you're an idiot. Like, yeah, you'd be like, I'd have to try and sound smart. Yes. Uh, uh, it would oh, be so much pressure. So. Don't worry, that's never happening. <laughs> So, uh, okay, but I did watch a show. I think I even recommended it on the mini episode like months ago. And I think it was called Head. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you seem pretty sure. 
<laughs> and it was on HBO. Head. And okay. it was and it takes place in Antarctica and it's a it's like a mini series and it's a murder mystery. Oh, that sounds good. It was good. I yeah. liked it. Okay, I'm gonna look that up. So yeah, and then food. I mean, we discussed my birthday dinner on uh, a Patreon episode. Let's talk about the pie that I made. Oh, okay. Okay. So I made a pie that I is a pie that I haven't had since I was a little kid. But sometimes I would get these weird out of the blue cravings for mincemeat pie. Yes. Even though it's not something I regularly eat <laughs> or, or even a pie that you see. Can I tell you, as a child, I was also obsessed with mincemeat but pie. But as a child, I was obsessed Me with too. mincemeat and pie. Me too. And I honestly think I saw it in a Shirley Temple movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I bet you that's what happened. Right. Mom, you need some mincemeat pie. Like, I could picture exactly my motivations yes. for loving it. Yes. And the name of it is cool. Well, yeah. And it's such an old pie. It like yeah. dates back to the Middle Ages or something. Right. So, and obviously back then when they were making it, it had like, you know, lamb guts in it and beef suet right. and whatever. Totally. Shit. It's like whatever slops we have left over. Yeah. And then a bunch of cinnamon. Cover up the smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those old British pies. All those things that we were, we wanted to eat. But I did want to eat all of those. I was obsessed with like um, medieval... British food when I was a kid. Oh, me too. Because My lifelong dream was to eat one of those giant turkey legs. At well, like a- no, I don't mean one of the turkey <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. but at the fair. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about, I was obsessed with like medieval pastries because right. they would come to the table and it would be like this thing. It was like, or those like Frankenstein animals they would have at medieval dinners where it was like a pheasant sewed sewed with a pig. Yes. Like Frankenstein. Or um pasties. What yeah. are they called? They're like they're like little hand pies. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I made a mincemeat pie. I did not use it's a non-alcoholic recipe. Uh, I had to tweak some things to make it non-alcoholic. Right. So I'm just giving it if you guys want the recipe and you don't want alcohol in it, hit me up. Um and it had inside there was no beef suet in it. It was a fill. Okay, first of all, the crust I made was really good. Then it has a fill. My filling was raisins, currants, apricots, and cherries, cherries, and dried cherries. Yeah. And then uh, I boiled that with orange juice, lemon zest, and maple syrup, and then a shit ton of like cinnamon, cloves, and nutmeg. Right. So those are the traditional spices that you use in a mincemeat pie. It's a very intense flavor because it's just heavily spiced. It's like heavily sweet and spiced. Yeah. Because it's all those dried fruits. They're very sweet. What um, do, you, do you put it with whipped cream? Yes. I put whipped cream on top of it. Yeah, because I feel I, like you need something to y- cut. You had to have something cool and like, not too sweet to cut it with, but it was very delicious and it had a double crust. Mm. I wish I could try it. I know. I've thought about like, I mean, I I ate. It's kind of hard. I ate it so fast, Desi. Okay. I mean, one thing I bet you you could do is, I bet you the filling would be good as a condiment almost. Yeah, it would be. I mean, the filling was delicious. It's like a chutney. It was kind of chutney-like and I would like to make it again. So maybe we'll make it again together. I bet you... Maybe we can try making it 
with a meat that fits, not like one of those uh, suet or whatever, but like some like a short rib or something. Like I could picture it being really good with like a, a meat. Like a savory? Yeah. Pie. Like, I mean, I would try the sweet one too, but right. I think I could picture that being a really yummy. Oh, I mean, yeah. Or like, like hand pies. A traditional. With like a shreddy beef yeah, would be really yum. That would be good. Um, oh, well, let me talk about my Christmas dinner then. Uh, I made a really good traditional English Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> and then Sean Connery showed up. <laughs> and there's short ribs. Some, some short ribs. Some Yorkshire ribs. <laughs> See? See how good our English accents are? Watch out, UK. No, they're going to say, you <laughs> asshole, that's Scotland. He's Scottish. <laughs> We combine them all. <laughs> yeah, if That's how from, good we are. If you're from the UK, we, we, we do them all together. All. Little Welsh, Welsh in there. <laughs> Look, why don't you try doing a Southern Midwestern Boston <laughs> at the same time? It's hard. <laughs> it's harder that way. Uh, yeah, I love that dinner. You made a traditional English traditional English supper. <laughs> I made the prime rib roast. I made the horseradish cream sauce, which is very good yeah. on that meat. <laughs> I made the popovers, the you yeah, Yorkshire the Yorkshire puddings. puddings. I did the little uh, meat drippings in each cup, yeah. as as per usual. <laughs> <laughs> made that fucking batter by Gordon Ramsay. Used oh, his recipe. You got to use Gordon Ramsay. Look, I figured. You know what? If he, I'll yell at him if yeah. it comes out bad. It came out great. The great thing about Yorkshire pudding uh, batter is you can make it the night before. You can so make you the just, batter. Yeah, you just have it ready to go, and right. it actually gets better the longer it sits. Really? Yeah. It's like you can make that up to two days in advance. Oh. I didn't do that, but uh, I did make it like a few hours I in just, advance. I just think the actual process of putting assembling the pudding before it goes in the oven is stressful. <laughs> It's stressful because you got to have it in a sizzling hot, and you need a you need a helper. You need a helper to do it because uh, yeah, the pan is sizzling hot. Luckily, I had the batter in one of those massive wet measuring cups where it's like twelve cups, right? So you could just pour it right in, which is way easier than ladling it in in that situation. Right. Uh, they came out great. They were very squishy and puffy. Mm. Um, they were delicious. We just had um, a salad, which was perfect. Yeah. Uh, it was like pomegranate. You know, we kind of made like a pomegranate seed, wintry kind of salad with it, which actually, what happened was we forgot to, I was going to make Brussels sprouts, but we forgot to buy them. Mm. And I was like, oh, we'll just make a salad. And it actually was uh, perfect. Yeah. And then for dinner, I made, I mean, sorry, for dessert, I made a gingerbread Yule log. Yeah. It was just stuffed with whipped cream and frosted with whipped cream. And it had uh, white chocolate bark. Looks so good. It was cute. And then I made a sticky toffee pudding too. Mm. I went ape shit. The sticky toffee Wait pudding. Wait a minute. You <clears throat> really went British. Oh, yeah. I've never, I've always wanted a sticky toffee pudding. Oh, fuck. It's so good. Wait, I have had that. Okay. You know what I'm thinking of is figgy pudding. Oh, figgy pudding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I could make figgy pudding without <laughs> laughing my ass off. <laughs> No offense, but if I was like, here's some figgy pudding, I would probably pee myself <laughs> announcing it. Hey, that's a funny pudding. Wait, why are we're like the exact same person sometimes with food? Because it's like, it's purely because we saw it in a movie or a song and our whole lives we've been like, I need to have that. And they're like, wait a minute. It's the that's same. 
pancreas? Like, we don't even know what it is, but we just want it because it sounds cute. It's the same thing with uh, biggest letdown of my life was Turkish delight. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling. Biggest. My Turkish. My mom got my one year. I'll never forget. My mom got me some for Christmas and I was vibrating <laughs> i was vibrating i was like oh my god i'm gonna eat turkish delight i mean and i remember i opened it and i took one bite of it and i said this is this is fucking bullshit i'm gonna become an alcoholic now that's how i that's, became an alcoholic that was the trigger that's my origin story was the letdown of eating turkish delight I, I, I know I have things like that. I can't think of them right now because I'm laughing too hard because I feel like I probably had the same thing with Turkish Delight because they do sound so extravagant. Well, the dude sold out his entire family for some fucking Turkish Delight. Oh, my Delight. God. Yes. That's why I thought this shit has to but be But then amazing. you're kind of like, was this the best Turkish Delight? Because I feel like that's what's happened to me. I was like, well, maybe this isn't the best one. No. And, like, and it's like this still, but it, yeah, Turkish Delight is just... It's fine, but it's not sell your whole family out fine. No. Like, that's not... I mean, I know, um, you know, things were more valuable back then. (laughs) Certain spices. This was in the 40s. I know. Certain spices. It's like... I I bet it cost two cents to make Turkish delight. It's no. just jelly covered in powdered sugar. Ugh. It was disgusting. Yeah. I, I mean, was so upset. It's very upsetting. Uh, but they are pretty. Yeah. <laughs> they do look nice. It looked pretty, uh, but please. But no, that's really funny. Uh, so yeah, I, we hope you all had a great holiday. Yeah. Whatever you did for it. Yeah. Maybe you did nothing and I still ate had a lot fun. Of ham. That was the other thing. Oh, yeah. That looked good. Dude, I had ham for four days in a row for every meal. That's the problem with this dinner I make. Uh, There's never leftover roast beef. Mm. Because first of all, that's a very expensive cut of meat. So you kind of buy exactly what you need and it's still like a hundred dollar, you know, cut for like whatever, you know, a lot of people. But still, that's fucking expensive. Yeah. The most stressful thing I have ever have to cook in my life. Because you got to nail it. You got to nail it. Uh, luckily meat thermometers exist, but it's still, it's still stressful to trust the meat thermometer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause it's like, is this one working? Like, I don't right. know. Like, uh, so I also forgot like the other drama that happened, the person's house I cooked at, they have a very expensive, um, nice oven and kitchen. Like it's all very professional, but it's like so high tech that it has to be rebooted or restarted what? electrically. So while I was cooking the uh, sticky toffee pudding, it had like a, there were some problems with the preheating. It was taking a long time. So I was like, hmm, we're like, maybe something's wrong. Then when I put the sticky toffee pudding in, it, it error, error. So it was, I was like, just leave it in there. It was at 400 degrees or something. I was like, leave it in there. Maybe it'll still cook. And right. I was like, ah, like, I was like, maybe the recipe, I was sort of down on the recipe anyway. I was like, ah, maybe it's for the best that it, it's ruined. Yeah. Then they reset the oven and it did pop back up. They didn't have to get a service call because you're not getting a service call on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and then it ended up cooking. So then I was like, shit, I hope it's not disgusting. And everyone ate it and was, it was in love with it. So I was like, great. Because I'm very picky. I want yeah. it to be perfect. But yeah, so it was almost disaster. It was a Christmas miracle. It was like Hanukkah. It was like... It was like the, the, the heat lasted long enough to cook the, the pudding. Rachel's running with water in her mouth. I'm so sorry. I've done it. I've done it. I, You know, she shouldn't take drinks during the podcast. 
<laughs> it was truly a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was just thinking of Figgy pudding. <laughs> we're gonna make figgy pudding one time, and we're gonna absolutely find it revolting. It's kind of the other thing I've always wanted to make. This is, I know I'm going to hate it, but I have to have it, is where you take the whole lemon with butter and brown sugar oh, and wrap it. Yes, yes, <laughs> I need to I have need that. I need to have that. I, I need... want that so bad. When they made it on British Baking Show oh. and everyone's like, that's disgusting. I was like, I need, I need to, to have, have that. It. I, I want to have... try it. Like, what is that? And you put like brown sugar, a pat of a whole lemon and just wrap it in pastry. I'm telling <laughs> you, it. I'm obsessed with British desserts. Me too. Especially the, like, but the British desserts that have been around for centuries. Me too. Those are the ones. And those are the ones I love seeing on British Bake Off. Me too. Like those ones I've, I'm like, I've never heard of that. Like there'll be ones I've never heard of, but right. I'm like, I need to have that because it sounds so weird and interesting. Like yeah. the, it doesn't sound like it would be good, but right. it's like, it must be good if it's here for centuries. <laughs> I know every, all of our UK sis, listeners are like, no, no, it doesn't <laughs> have to be good just because it's been around forever. I am obsessed with centuries old British I think that one's just called lemon pudding or something. Like it has, it's all called yeah, pudding. Yeah, they're all puddings. They all, Look, gonna, and it's not pudding how call, we know it here. They call ice cream pudding over yeah, there. Yeah, everything's a pudding. Uh, I would I would love to read the origin of puddings Me and too. about every kind of pudding. That's my level of nerd. <laughs> That's me. Like I don't do sci-fi, but I would read a book about puddings. I would too. Um, okay. All right, that's it. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.